Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Happy hump day, Wednesday, for those of you who work the normal 8 or 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. I tell you, I'm really glad it's halfway through the week, let me tell you. There's a lot of busy things, a lot of things going on here in this next week, but holy cow, it has been a whirlwind with both my other job and I'm sure a lot of us can relate uh, to that very fact. So I just want to congratulate you guys on making it over halfway. It's great to hang out with you all this evening. So wherever you're at, however you may be listening, I just want to say welcome to our podcast, wherever you may be listening to it in whatever whatever fashion. I just want to say thank you. And our our partners, SoundCloud, where our podcast is hosted, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts, uh, they they have been great. All the updates that you can find are on our Facebook page, and you can send all feedback to wsnspodcast at gmail.com. Well, by the time you listen to this, we'll only be a few days away from Mother's Day. And to the mothers listening or to the people who have mothers in their lives, I just want to give a, a perspective on something. I will be preaching on Sunday about one of the favorite characters of the Bible, Bathsheba. But that seems kind of weird because if those of you know Bathsheba, she was very beautiful. David was found her bathing when he's on the rooftop. Then he asked her um, to come and be with him. And so he lays with her. She becomes pregnant. And now David's caught in a, a rock in a hard place because he's like, oh, no, this woman's married. I've committed adultery. I made her an adulteress. Now we're going to have this kid. Well, what if I just, you know, have his father come back or have the would-be father to come back and why don't we get him drunk and why don't we basically entice him to sleep with her so we can basically uh, convince him that that's his kid. Now, when he doesn't look anything like him, David's not thinking that far ahead. Well, when that doesn't work, David just does the next logical thing, I suppose, and just has him killed in battle because he sends him up to the front lines where it's dangerous and then he's killed. And now poor Bathsheba... You know, she is now a widow, and David's sin is so egregious that the Lord promises to take the child and strike down the child. And then the child's born and it dies. And what the heck? Bathsheba, like, can you imagine this woman? She's now, we, there's so much historical commentary here. And it's this idea that, no, like, there's a lot of people that believe that it was, there was no consent. I'm not even going to get into that. It's this idea that she's asked by the king. Can you imagine refusing the king? Or we don't know the context. We don't know if there was a conversation, if she knew what she was doing. We don't have any of that. But this idea, the idea of refusing the king, it's a very difficult position, especially when your husband's away in battle, right? I would like to think that, it, you know, it's like, okay, my husband's fighting. What do I do? I don't think at least how it's how this lady, this woman is described is playing the harlot. I do not believe that whatsoever. Any of her actions uh, were to communicate that. I don't think she was doing it out of her, out of a sort of selfish amb ambition. I think potentially it could have been for, for the sake of her husband who was on, who was out fighting, which she knew. And she knew that, you know, David, what happens if you get on the wrong side of the King? What's he going to do to my husband? Like, I, I just like to think that that is probably going through her head versus her just running, rushing off and going, Ooh, look at this wonderful King who, Thinks him so beautiful. I mean, there may have been some flattery, of course, but we're not really never given that. And I'll, I'll say that for later based on what, what the Bible says. 
about about her and and listen this this is what's 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 astonishing is that you have this egregious thing that happens and then eventually so so she's taken her husband's then killed she loses her baby and now she's invited to come and be David's wife like really i mean ladies if you're listening to that what do you think if you're her what are you thinking like you want to you want to kill him right well you can't still refuse the king that's not going to work well she conceives and gives um, gives birth to a son and they name him, name him Solomon and there's a tremendous tremendous passage you, you see the the idea that this woman then would give birth to you know the most prosperous king of all time who asked for wisdom out of all the things he could ask for and was and was granted all those wonderful things because of what he asked for it wasn't it wasn't due to any sort of you know, selfish ambition. He just wanted to be able to understand the things of old. They did build to discern, and God's like, "Well done, sir." Well, there's this passage in First Kings chapter two, where there's some infighting going on. There's a lot of a lot of things go happening, and David's in his own old age at this point, and so one of his sons from another another uh, concubine. See, David had a harem uh, of women. Well, he's like, I'm just gonna take the throne, Adinijah. That that's his name. That's his, that's his name. He's like, I'm just gonna take the throne, even though he didn't have his blessing. Well, Bathsheba gets word of this, and she pleads on behalf of her son Solomon. And eventually, David names Solomon the heir to the throne. Solomon becomes it. There's a lot of other things that happen, but basically, after all of that is done, after Solomon's throne is established. The queen mother, Bathsheba now, the queen mother of all things after her origin, she's now the queen mother, comes to her son and he bows down before her and has a throne set up next to him. One of the most tremendous, tremendous um, like visuals in all of scripture is this idea that a son honoring his mother in that way. Well, this all culminates in Proverbs chapter 31, which a lot of people ascribe to either via ghost writing or just the, the sayings themselves, to Proverbs. Well, Proverbs 31 in particular, the, you know, oftentimes for those ladies, you understand you've heard the Proverbs 31 woman. Well, it's the words of Lemuel, the King Lemuel, which was a pet name. That's what uh, historians and scholars believe was Solomon. And it says this in the first few verses. It says, The words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. Who do you think this is? Who does this sound like? Given all of the history which I just gave you briefly. What, O my son? And what, O son of my womb? And what, O son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women or your ways to which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire strong drink. For they will drink and forget what is decreed, and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to him who is perishing, and wine to him whose life is bitter. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his trouble no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. The idea of justice, mercy, discerning. It's not right for kings to be of this. Do not give your strength to women or your ways to which destroys kings. Hmm. Do not be of a strong drink because you might drink yourself and forget what has been decreed. 
or what you've done while you're in your drunkenness? You think if David would have practiced a little bit of sobriety, you think if he would have uh, not sinned against the Lord, the fracturing of his kingdom maybe necessarily wouldn't have fallen apart? Maybe? I'm, I'm not sure. That, that, of course, that's a hypothetical, but you can look at some domino effects. He does repent, but do you think David would have traded all his wealth just to have saved the life of the child? In fact, he, you can see how, how much in anguish he was. Go back to 2 Samuel. It's a hard thing to not give in to your own sense of pity, sorrow, misery. It's very easy to become selfish and say, look at me in that scenario too. Even though you have a right to. You have this woman who is victimized and is then the victim of violence and tragedy. Is then brought into the very home that caused her all of that pain. Finds a way to conceive through of that and becomes the queen mother, not seeking revenge, not perverting the ways of justice, but actually encourages her son to seek justice. Learn, in a sense, learn from your father. Learn from your father. Do not make the same mistakes. So for this Mother's Day, I just want to say I have, like my mother is one of the most wise people I've ever met. And I have a phenomenal relationship with her. And for me, when I look at these stories, when I look at the perseverance, I look at the mental fortitude, the integrity, that, that wholeness, I can see it in my own life. And for your sons and daughters out there, your fellow brothers and sisters who have that mom or maybe a motherly figure, if you don't have a good relationship with your mom or if they're not around anymore, Think of the moms in your life. Think of think of them. Maybe they're your friends. Maybe they're your relatives that, that are mothers. They carried us. We wouldn't be here without our mothers. Some had struggled in their pregnancies. It's a sacrifice. It's a burden. And in the midst of all of that, I don't know one mother who wouldn't sacrifice their life for their children, personally. And the face of God that you can see in mothers, the, the nurturing, the care, the, the kindness, the tenderness. We're all made in the image and likeness of God, and but both genders, we, we exhibit something different. And when you can see our fellow mothers, women, glorious women who have given their hearts over to God and not taken things uh, selfishly, but have fought, have worked, and have sacrificed so much for their family. I just want to say, can you give your mom a hug this weekend? Tell her that you love her and that you appreciate everything that she's done. Look in her eyes. Just tell her thank you. Tell her about a time that you've made a difference, that she made a difference, and that that because of that advice or wisdom, the, the love, it, tell her how that made you feel and what you did with it.
I love the story of Bathsheba because of where it ends up. It's a reminder of how powerful and influential women are. And they do not have to pretend to be. They do not have to live up to a cultural expectation. They just need to be who God created them to be. I have those women in my life, those fellow friends who are mothers. I just, I'm in awe of some of them. Most importantly, my own. So happy Mother's Day to you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day to the rest of you. The precious, precious daughters of Christ. May God bless you. May God keep you.